Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hey listeners, it's Trish Hammond here again from Transforming Bodies. And today I'm doing part two of our conversations with Kayla, who recently had um, a massive weight loss and had some skin removal surgery to go with it. And we've got a bit of a background of to the why. Now we're going to find out what actually happened. So welcome, Kayla. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me, Kayla, I mean, I spoke to you last week and I was absolutely gobsmacked that you were like fully back at work and, yes. and all recovered. So first of all, tell us, what did you have done? So I had a breast reduction, um, tummy tuck and liposuction. Awesome. And can, do you know how much skin was removed or anything like that? Yeah. So off the breasts, um, the left breast was quite a bit bigger. So off that one was about, I think, 200 or so grams. Mm -hmm. um, the right breast was about 160, I believe, okay. um, grams. And off the tummy was about 1.6 kilos. So it was quite a bit off the tummy as Whoa. well. Yeah, that is a lot of skin. And yeah. do, do you know how much lipo you had? Oh, I'm not 100% sure um, because it was just a small area, but yeah, not sure. too not too sure how much was came off the lipo. Just to kind of give you that bit more shape. With, with yeah, that, just a bit of contouring, just in conjunction with the tummy tuck, definitely. Awesome. awesome. So tell me, how long ago was it? So it's about six weeks ago now. I, I, I spoke to you last week and I couldn't believe you were at work because, I mean, I know that you know, everyone says it's, you know, oh, two to three weeks or whatever, but um, I know how long my recovery was and mine was way longer than that. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're back at work. So tell me, first of all, tell me about your experience. So you went in that day. Now, I spoke to you the day before you were going in. Yes. And you weren't nervous really because you, were, you, you knew what to expect. So you were kind of more excited than anything else, hey? Yeah, definitely. But I, um, I strongly believe that, you know, mentally preparing yourself for what to expect and having done a whole heap of research really, really prepared me for what to expect, you know, pre and post-op definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it was more exciting. Like I explained the last time, um, you know, I'm coming to the end of my journey and I was just more excited to just finally get there and, you know, complete my transformation. Yeah, of course. So tell us about your experience. So you went in that morning. Yeah, so went in, um, you know, to the hospital, was admitted and everything like that. Everything happened quite quickly because they were ready for me a lot sooner than expected. Um, so once I got there, you know, got admitted to hospital and, and waited for my turn um, and then the surgeons would come in and, you know, draw me up and everything like that. Um, and everything happened quite quickly, which was really good, but... Um, Honestly, everything went so well. It was so flawless and I couldn't have been happier with how everything went. That is so good. So tell me, yeah. how, how long were you, like, you, were you admitted, for, like, were you the first off the bat or, like, where were you in the, in the surgery queue? Like, did you have it early in the day or late in the day or? I had it later in the day because I was quite a large case. Um, so the smaller cases were first and then me at the end. Um, so I, my whole procedure, I think was about five hours. Um, 
for everything all together. So quite a good amount of time. I was in there for a little while. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was at the end. Didn't come out of recovery till about 9.30 or so. So mm-hmm. it was quite late. Um, but yeah, everything just went really well and pretty to plan. So your first day after surgery, because I, I know that I um, reached out to you that day and, and you, you were kind of like, I don't know if you even remember, actually, you were kind of a, a little bit out of it. And I said, oh, well, I'll just I'll just touch base with you later. But do you remember how yeah. you were feeling? <laughs> do you remember how you were feeling that first day? Yeah, I felt I felt pretty good. If anything, I was just really tired. But that's just coming out of anesthetic and all the medications. Um, so other than that, I had no pain, um, just a little bit groggy. Um, a little bit just sleepy, you know, in and out of sleep. Nurses mm-hmm. were constantly waking me up and things like that. But I do remember um, <laughs> you wanting to chat, but I thought, gosh, I don't even know what I would say. Yeah, exactly. I'd probably go on about, you know, when you see people wake up after anaesthetic and they say the funniest things, I did not want to be that person. <laughs> totally. And it's really funny because I was like, oh, I, I don't, if, you know, I, I, it's almost like I really want to know what's happening, but it's like, oh, my God, no, I just can't know, you know, like because otherwise I conjure up all this stuff in my head. So I thought, no, 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 I'm just going to let that healing process happen and talk to you afterwards. So tell me. Yeah, definitely. So how, first of all, when you, like, obviously you were on a lot of painkillers. Do you know what you were on at all? I actually, so orally, I was only on Panadol. No um, way. Is this yeah. From, is this from straight after? From straight after. So they would, the nurses would always ask me if I was in any pain and I, I'm not even kidding, from the start I had no pain at all, nothing. Right. That's just crazy. I mean, I, know. I, I need to stress here that everybody's different because like, yes. like I had a breast reduction and my recovery was horrendous. I was in pain for so long, mm. but then I had a tummy tuck revision and I I had the same experience as you. Where I was like, really? Did I actually have anything done? You, you know, like, so, you know, operation, yeah. operation to operation or, or healthiness. So, so what did you do to prepare yourself that you think might've you know, I don't know whether it's anything in the preparation, but it just kind of makes a bit of sense to me that if someone's ultra healthy, um, ultra, you know, kind of G'd up and, and, you know, full of nutrients and all that before you have your surgery, I, it just makes sense to me that you're going to recover better. But that may not be true because I am not a professional. I'm just someone yeah. who speaks to people well, all the time. But what did you do to prep? That's exactly what I did. I made sure my diet was really good. I went to the gym a whole heap, made sure my body was strong. Um, but mentally, it's 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 difficult mentally because you're going through this transformation and you feel quite vulnerable because you have had elective surgery. So all these thoughts go through your mind: Am I doing the right thing? Um, you know, how am I going to look? Is it going to be a, a massive difference? Am I making a mistake? So so many things go through your mind, and you do feel really vulnerable. But I just kept telling myself that. You know, the initial result when I have my that first shower, um, it's not, you know, the final result. My body will keep changing. I'm swollen. I can't get attached to how I look at the moment. Um, so a lot of things like that I was thinking and I just tr- stayed positive the whole time. And mm-hmm. But with what I could do, you know, drinking a whole heap of water, going to the gym, eating healthy and trying to psych myself up and get really excited, which was easy for me because I've been looking forward to this for so long. Yeah. Um, but just the mental preparation is so important. 
Yeah. Definitely very important, especially if you're having elective surgery. Do you know, I, I think you're absolutely 100% right because, like, I, I'm, I'm about to start this, um, like, a challenge in, I think it's another week. And because it's been so long that I've been preparing and thinking, yep, I'm going to start it now, so now. I'm actually really G'd up. So, I, like, oh God, I hope I can stick with it. But I feel like I'm just going to stick with it and go with it because my mental state of mind is so g'd up and ready for it. it's like it can't come soon enough so I guess you must have been feeling like it couldn't come soon yeah, enough as well. Yeah definitely definitely. So tell me how long were you in hospital for? I was in hospital for six days um, and I think if if anybody can stay in hospital for as long as possible I know it's really difficult for people especially you know ones that have children and you know private health insurance and things like that come into play as well but being in hospital um, it, as long as possible was very beneficial, definitely. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, right. So you stayed in hospital for six days. Yes. And then what happened? Oh, sorry. So while you were in hospital, are you like saying that in those six days you only had Panadol? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I and even then, it. I know. It, I had no pain at all in my breasts, nothing. The only pain I did feel, and Trisha would know, is that, that tightness in your yeah. tummy, just the tightness. And then I felt like I had done a thousand sit-ups and my tummy muscles, because I had muscle repair, very slight muscle repair as well, mm-hmm. I just felt like I had done all these sit-ups and it was just a bit difficult getting out of bed when I could start to get out of bed. It was just that pain. Uh-huh. Uh, but other than that, it wasn't. It wasn't even, you know, like ouch pain. It was just my tummies have been, my tummy muscles have been sewn back together, and that's what I'm feeling. Uh-huh. But other than that, no pain. Um, the nurses would bring in Panadol every four hours, and if I hadn't taken it, I would get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I just didn't feel like I needed to take it. But if anything, it was just Panadol. Wow. Do you know it's funny that you say that they were bringing it in every four hours because because one thing that that um. I believe that they talk about pain management and I think that's about the fact that just because you're not in pain um, and think oh no I don't need it I'm okay but I think that staying on top of that level so that you don't actually get in pain for a certain amount of time exactly yeah that's really helpful too hey yeah definitely I did listen and I did always take the pain at all but because I wasn't in pain I just felt like I didn't need to but obviously I still had to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough. I, I mean, uh, lucky you because, like, I hear so many stories where people just like, oh, my God, give me some more painkiller, you know. But I think it's about, um, yeah, staying on top of it from the beginning. So tell me, what, what hospital were you in? I was at Francis Perry House, which is located in the Royal Women's. And they were amazing? Oh, they were absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. I couldn't have, oh, every time, you know, I needed a nurse, they were always there, always helping. Um, they were they were perfect. Yeah. I have, couldn't couldn't fault them at all. Yeah. So how long before you, like, like so you had your operation, you, you finished about 9.30. Did you, like, sleep through the night? I mean, I know that they come in every hour or whatever. Yes. But did you kind of, like, because I know that me, sometimes I get um, insomnia after surgery, you know, like, and I can't sleep and it drives me nuts. Yeah, definitely. No, I slept fine. So I was taken back to my room um, and then I had the, uh, like, the I don't think it was morphine, but I had the drip where you can push the button and yep. get more, you know, medication. So I yep. had that. 
So that was knocking me out quite a bit. And I was sleeping per- I was sleeping perfectly and, you know, the nurses would have to come in every, I think it was half an hour or hour to check my, you know, blood pressure, heart rate and things like that. Um, so they would have to wake me up. But other than that, for the first couple of days, I was really just asleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. So, so you did have the pain pump after surgery? Yeah, now talking about it, I believe I did. I'm not too sure if I actually used it quite mm-hmm. often um, because I, I was asleep, so I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, but I do remember having that button there if I did need it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And I was going to ask you, so so that was so day one, you kind of slept through, day two, you kind of slept through, you know, or kept sleeping a lot. When, when, were, you, when were you supposed to kind of get out of bed? Because, you know, like you were hunched over, weren't you? Were you, were you yes. kind of sitting up? Did you have pillows for support behind yes. you and under so your knees? Sitting, yep, exactly right. So neat, like legs elevated um, and sitting up like you're sitting in a chair. So it was it was actually pretty good. I found it easy to fall asleep and I was quite comfortable like that. Um, but I couldn't get out of bed until the, um, and as awful as it is to say, the catheter was removed. Mm-hmm. So I had two lots of drains in my breasts, left and right side, and then drains in my tummy on the left and right side. Mm -hmm. And I had a catheter put in for the first couple of days. So Mm -hmm. once that had come out, it was easier for me to move around. Okay. Um, So, yeah, they they definitely encouraged it um, quite early on for me to get out of bed and just sit in the chair. And it was difficult in the sense where I was just – I was exa- I felt exhausted, so my body was obviously still really tired, and I genuinely believe it's the anis- coming out of the anesthetic really, really is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they I found it pretty easy. You know, just the physio came and saw me and showed me how to get out of bed and go to the bathroom as well. So I would do that as much as possible, sit in a chair, um, you know, walk myself to the bathroom. So that was really good too that I was shown how to get out of bed because it's difficult trying to use your tummy to get yourself out of bed. Mm-hmm. That was a, that one of the harder parts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that makes so much sense because um, when I had my surgery, I, uh, like I, we didn't have anything like the physio coming. So that that's just like a bonus. I mean, the fact that you're taught yeah. how to get out of bed probably by some rather than by the nurses who may not have actually had that surgery or you know know specifically about you know movement but actually having mm-hmm. a professional physio come to, to show you so so how long Definitely. did the physio come for she was with me for about 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. um and she basically just showed me so uh sli- trying to slide not slide sorry but slide your legs out of bed um, and then kind of lift yourself up. So mm-hmm. most of your weight, so your legs are already hanging out of bed, so you don't have that much weight to lift trying mm-hmm. to get yourself out of bed. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the best part. Um, so once I, once I learned how to do that, everything else came really easy, just remembering to walk really hunched over because it's so tight around your incision. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, it, that, that was really, really beneficial for me to learn how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. but it's more just once you're in the situation and you need to get yourself out of bed, you kind of learn to do it the easiest way possible. Yeah. That doesn't hurt, obviously. Yeah, totally. So with, with your catheter, what'd you say it was in for a couple of days? 
Yeah, it was in for a couple of days and then it was taken out on, I think, the third day in the mm-hmm. morning. So then I could start going to the bathroom myself, which I was yeah. really relieved. Um, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the catheter, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I think everyone hates that thing. It's awful. It was awful. Um, so once that was removed, I could start going to the bathroom myself. And then I was able to have a shower with, you know, the nurses helping me. Mm-hmm. So and then you just really then start to feel like yourself again. Yeah. Once you have a shower because you've got all these foreign things in you. You've got your IV drip for the antibiotics and then all these drains and so it was really good to start um you know doing things by myself and just feeling like myself again. Mhm. And so tell me with obviously you woke up in compression. Yes. So where what sort of compression garments were you wearing? Like how much of your body did they cover? Yeah, so I have the compression bra, which I'm still wearing at the moment, um, and then a binder. Um, so the binder was qu- placed quite low mm-hmm. um, because of where the lipo was done and my incisions are quite low um, mm-hmm. because I, rec- I wanted them low. Um, so everything pretty much up to covering half of my bottom was covered by compression. So the binder and the bra covering my breasts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would just wear, you know, something light and easy over the top. So I just wore, you know, like a dressing gown with buttons. But everything, it was quite low. The binder, the abdo binder was placed quite low to cover everything. And it was placed in what they call a herringbone pattern. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of so that the swelling and everything's kind of flowing downwards mm-hmm. um, and not just kind of placed in the middle so that everything's kind of squished, if that makes sense. Oh, so how does that sit? So it was, was it like a three-panel binder? Yeah, so it was a three-panel binder. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of like placed, so the first lot was placed overlapping, kind of going downwards, a little bit like a upside-down triangle. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was over the middle one. And then the third one was almost covering my bottom and a little bit of my, you know, my groin area, just so that the swelling was kind of flowing downwards. Right. So it was in the binder was placed in that direction. Right. That's like, yeah. that's really interesting. I love, I love learning all the new little things. So, so, but it was a, it was a one piece binder that just had three straps Yes, yeah, exactly. So just run through. So the top one, where was the top mm-hmm. one? Is that around your waist? The top one was probably just under the bonier parts of my ribs. Okay. Um, and going down. So created an yep. upside down triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the My surgeon didn't want it placed too high up because mm-hmm. of, it did, we didn't want it rubbing on my um, breast incisions oh, yes, because that creates, you know, pain, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. issues course. with the scarring. Yeah. Um, so it was placed well and truly under um, and we wanted it quite low. So it didn't start till about, you know, midway down my waist. That's mm-hmm. where it started. Okay. Um, because we, they, my surgeons wanted it quite low mm-hmm. because of how low my incision and mm-hmm. my drain my drains were as well yep yep okay and then the middle one came the middle one came sort of just above sorry just under my belly button and above my groin area okay and then the third one was pretty much covering my groin and then halfway down my bottom so that one was quite 
low on my hips yeah very low yeah and so the the theory behind that as well was the fact that it would push everything down is that is that right yeah push everything down yeah so kind of kind of when you're so you start to swell but i i i didn't have any swelling and i still don't have any swelling um so I don't know if it was because of the binder being placed like that or if I'm just one of those people. Um, but wow. it definitely helped. It definitely helped, yeah. Wow. And I was just going to say that's crazy that you didn't have any swelling because, like, sometimes no. that can go on for, like, months for some people. Yeah. I've been, I've been so lucky. Like yeah. I said earlier, it's been, it's been flawless. Yeah. So um, are you so- – drink it like you know like what about your like are you drinking you know like was there a, a formula to what you would you know how much you were drinking or were you taking any multivitamins or like why did you not swell that's <laughs> what I want to know what know. were you doing what were you doing um, I think when I was in hospital I was very compliant if I ever I wouldn't do anything by myself if I needed the nurse I would call for them I was drinking a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, how much is a lot? How, a lot, probably. A lot? I I generally drink a lot of water anyway, but mm-hmm. in hospital, probably three liters a day. Oh my god! Okay, yep. Yeah, that's a, but that, that's a lot. <laughs> I know, not because I had to or anything, but just because I've always been the type that drinks a lot of water. Yep. Yep. Um, and I knew it would help because I drank a lot of water preparing for surgery as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, always had the binder on, never took it off. And I think just overall being very compliant and after coming out of hospital, I was very compliant as well. Did everything my surgeons and the nurses told me to do. Um, and I think just overall, you know, the surgeons do say that because I am quite young, that would be a big factor in why I've, you know, done so well healing as well. Yeah. Um, but just being overall just compliant, as, as compliant as possible and just doing what you're told, I think that really that really helps um, with the healing as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did everything I was told too, but, you know, I'm just, I don't know. It's just like your your healing just sounds amazing and really, you know, it's not, everyone's experience but god how lucky are you so i'm very lucky very so, lucky so when you came home after the six days well number one why did you stay for six days because people normally stay for four like did you just feel like you could or just the fact that you you that they said you can so you did or like was there a reason yeah so the because i did have private health insurance and i was covered and i could stay um, this, my surgeons just thought, you know, why not? It's more beneficial to me yeah. to stay yeah. and have round the clock care. Um, and also my drains stayed in for quite a while. So they didn't come out. I think my breast drains didn't come out till day four. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. my tummy drains didn't come out to the day I left. Wow. Okay. So it saved yeah. you going home with them. And I like that because you got... I mean, I know that hospitals are not, you know, like people say, oh, you get more stuff in hospital, but at least you weren't, you know, out in, you know, I mean, at least you're in that controlled environment with the drains are still in your body. I, I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, definitely. So that's why the surgeons, they always recommend it, you know, if you can stay in hospital for as long as possible, then why not? You know, yeah. you've got people looking after you. 
you don't have to do anything. If anything, you know, goes wrong, they know what to do. So I just thought, you know, of course, if, if they, my surgeons want me to stay in hospital and I can, I'll be here as long, as long as possible. Well, that's exactly right. That's so true. All right. So tell us about then what happened when you got home. So, so first of all, yeah, definitely. I, I know you had your, your mum looked up like, like, or actually, first of all, we should go back a step. So you don't have any children. No. So, and you live with your parents. Is that right? Correct. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I know, I know. You might as well, what was it my, my son says, you might as well live off the parents' pantry while you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so how did you find it when you got home? Because, you, you know, obviously the kids chase afterwards and you had your, your mum looking after you, you me, but can you tell me, like, how you felt when you got home? Like, like it, I mean, really it was like you didn't really have to do anything for yourself, did you? No, and that's the whole idea. So um, because our home is also a double story and my room is located upstairs, my surgeon always said it's only, um, you know, bed and bathroom and that's where you stay. So when I got home, um, I was in my room most of the time, you know, laying in bed, sitting up, and that's how I slept as well. And then I had my legs elevated with some pillows underneath, and I still had my compression stockings on, so mm-hmm. I had to wear them for two weeks as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, just because I'm not – you know, mobile. And when you're in hospital, you're given um, like heparin injections, so blood thinners, because you can't move around like Mm -hmm. normal and your risk of getting a blood clot is a lot higher. Mm -hmm. So I was given those, but obviously at home, I don't have them anymore. So I had to wear those compression stockings. Um, And I would really literally just, you know, go from bed to the bathroom Sometimes I'd sit in the lounge, but other than that, that was it. And I was lucky because because I had my surgery around Christmas time, I had not only my mum, but I had my dad and my brother were available as well. So mm-hmm. everyone kind of chipped in to look after me. But it's really just trying to just – you really just need to relax yep. and not do anything. And it was easier for me because I, I don't have children and I had plenty of people to look after me. Mm-hmm. It was a lot easier. But, you know, if you do that and you literally just relax for the time off that you've got, then your recovery will be a whole lot smoother, definitely. Yeah. And you know what? I, I really love that bed to bath because sometimes I think we can be, you know, as – um because when you lose a lot of weight you you become like you're a bit of a high achiever you know what I mean you always have to well I think so anyway you're always like you want to do more and you're always Mm -hmm. pushing yourself that little bit more so I I love that uh, I'm going to steal that for a blog like yeah bed and bath and that's it like I love that because that makes so much sense and and how long was that for how many weeks that was for I was off for three weeks Mm -hmm. so that was for three weeks literally did nothing um the hardest part would have been probably shower that was that was just it was just exhausting yeah um because by the time you get in the shower and you have to stand for that whole period of time whereas when I showered in hospital I got to sit in one of those chairs oh yeah yeah the shower chair um you know but so I definitely wouldn't recommend showering by yourself. My mum helps me shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and even so, because you can't lift your arms up. So trying to wash my hair was difficult. Mm-hmm. So I had my mum do all that for me. But 
everything had to be quite quick because I, as soon as I started feeling exhausted um, and, you know, my back would start aching because I was hunched over for so long. Mm-hmm. So I probably recommend getting help with a shower. But other than that, um, it was just binge watched Netflix yeah. and if I needed anything, <laughs> would just ask my mom to yeah. bring it to me. I was pretty yeah. well equipped, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And how, how yeah. long, so how long do you reckon it's like, you reckon that's like, so six weeks in hospital and do you reckon like a week at home on your own with, oh, sorry, like not, like how long were you locked up in your bed and bath for? Was yeah. that like another one or two, two weeks? Yeah. So one week, about a week in hospital and yep. then two weeks at home. So I was off for a complete period of three weeks. Yeah. Um, I... When I went back to work, so I have a desk job. When I went back to work, it was a little bit difficult. I was just just tired because I've gone from doing no activity mm-hmm. to a full eight-hour shift at work. Yeah. Oh, or when did you so, go back to work? After week what? After week three. Oh, my God. So okay. three yep. weeks off, yep. um, one week in hospital, two weeks at home, mm-hmm. and then um, week three, I went back to work. Mm-hmm. So I've been at work for three weeks now. So mm-hmm. altogether six weeks. Mm-hmm. So the first week yeah. you were just a little bit tired. Yeah. Doing... First week back at work, just a little bit tired, but I would just, you know, have early nights at home. Um, and then I got used to it after a few days. So it wasn't mm-hmm. that, that difficult, but, yeah. um, definitely taking off for the surgeries I had taking off about at least three weeks is is a must definitely yeah um if you want to heal properly and get a good result and just ease back into it i strongly recommend three weeks minimum off work yeah yeah and for those that haven't actually listened to part one where we spoke initially so tell us how much weight you've lost all in all yeah so i lost about 40 kilos um, over two years and that was um, with the help of having a lap band um, and obviously that just left you know my body excess skin um, around my tummy and you know my breasts losing a lot of volume and things like that and I didn't want to get implants or anything like that I wanted them to be just perkier but smaller in size mm-hmm. so that's why I went for the reduction um, and then tummy tuck and then the flank liposuction because I had some stubborn areas that I couldn't, I just could not shift fat from mm-hmm. and they were just on my flanks. So that's how the liposuction helped with those. Fantastic. So what was your starting weight before you had your lap band? Yeah. So it was 121 kilos. And now? And now it's about, oh, I, I really do need to weigh myself because they you don't. off, you know. It's just a number, hey. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But after having so much skin and, you know, fat taken off me as well, that would have made quite a bit of difference. But I would say about 80. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. And now, look, I have to ask this question, and, and I already know your answer because I've actually asked you this once before, but mm-hmm. a lot of people say that once you've had surgery, it becomes a bit addictive and you want to do something else. Like, it, <laughs> how do you feel now after you've you've done that? I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I haven't thought, you know, overly about having anything else done because I kind of got done what I wanted. 
Um, in the future, obviously, after having children, if that if that happens for me, mm-hmm. um, then I would definitely maybe have to look into having something done again. Mm-hmm. But I'm so happy with my result, you know, my recovery. Everything's been amazing. I, I look like a completely different person um and i do need to i need to show you some photos yeah. definitely trish because i think you you would be that'd <laughs> be great i was gonna ask definitely. you are you happy for us to share some photos in our community oh of course that'd be great definitely definitely um so at the moment i'm very happy but definitely not saying no to the future for having yeah. some more work yeah of course <laughs> so tell me what did the doctors actually say to you about um you know about the fact that you hadn't had kids yet you know like did they say you know obviously they didn't say wait till you have kids and then you know because you were ready to have you know to well you don't even know if you're going to have them but you were ready to you know make yourself better now so what did they say about you know could happen after you have kids yeah definitely so um you know, they ask you if having children is a possibility in the near future. And I said, you know, no, just because it's not something I'm planning anytime soon. But it is, you know, something that may need to be tweaked after having children. Of course, you know, you know, when you're pregnant, your breasts get a lot bigger and then breastfeeding and they kind of go back down and they sag a little and also excess skin around the tummy, you know, being pregnant. But because it wasn't something that was planned um, in my near future, it wasn't really something that we were overly concerned about. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, in the future, if I did have children and I did experience those changes in my body, they were definitely welcoming with me to, to me to come back and have another chat about what we can do in the future but it was something that I did know you know having children would change my body Um, but because I had been on this journey and lost so much weight I was really just more interested in the now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and fixing fixing my body now just so I could live a happier fuller life and then in the future a few years down the track if it was something to happen and I was to have children then I would definitely be going back to them and you know, going back down the the plastic surgery journey. Of course. And look, you might have, um, if I can ask you now, so who did your surgery? Yeah, so um, Dr. Patrick Tansley and Dr. Sigita Senevratni at Northeast Plastic Surgery. Awesome. So for anyone that doesn't know, Dr. Sigita is a specialist plastic surgeon in Australia and Dr. Patrick Tansley is a plastic surgeon from the UK who now practices in um, um, Australia. So they, they work together. Yes. Awesome. And they're an amazing team, an amazing team together. Yeah, and I just think like two together and yours was a five-hour surgery i mean that's massive like yeah definitely you know like um, that, that's almost like what would take one doctor <laughs> 10 hours or something you know yeah exactly but they are very particular um they've got a very keen eye and mm-hmm. they do like to take their time and make sure that they're happy with the result um so they are very 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 particular and I, that's what i really appreciated it wasn't of course no surgeon would rush through but it was there's a lot of care mm-hmm. um a care and a keen eye that goes into what they do and it's definitely an art for them yep yep oh no that's so good to hear that's so it's been so good sharing um your journey i've really enjoyed it I would, I, i'm glad i didn't speak to you the day after because i really wanted to 
you know, speak to you all the way through, but I, I'm glad now because I was totally blown away when I spoke to you on the phone last week and yeah. you were at work and you were like, yeah, it all went great. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is she going to, I know, I was like, is she going to be okay? Because day two, she was just like, no, I don't want to speak. And so I just didn't know. So that was great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, look, I got to say, thank, thank you so much, Kayla, for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, any time. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you so much. And listeners, look, if you want to find out more about um, Kayla's journey, just send us through some questions. Kayla doesn't mind answering any questions that you have whatsoever. She's been through, um, you know, the whole journey, the breast reduction, tummy tuck and the liposuction. Um, and if you're looking into uh, Dr. Senna Ratney or Dr. Tansley, they're both at Northeast Plastic Surgery, which is actually in Melbourne. And there's also um, an office in Brisbane as well. So you can take your pick. So Kayla, thank you so much for joining us today. No worries. All Thanks, right. Trish. No worries. Have a great week. You too. Bye. Bye. The Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. For more information, visit plasticsurgeryhub.com.au or email info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.